Hello, and welcome to G Talk and All That Jazz. This podcast is really the testimony of a friendship that spans over four decades. A friendship between two Black professionals that began in Harlem, New York in the mid-1970s. As young men, both learning from each other on how to navigate the sometimes formidable and unapologetic streets of Harlem, New York, both here and now, still standing with a wealth of transferable knowledge. As you join G and Jazz on their journey of reflection, listen. Listen closely for the true messages about friendship, morality, and brotherly love, because their trials and tribulations come at a cost. G and Jazz will share their thoughts and opinions on a variety of topics, from love and relationships, to family and politics, and of course, friendship. Again, welcome to G Talk and all that jazz, Enjoy the journey. Oh, and buckle up. Yo, so Jazz, what's going on, Papa Doc? What's going on with you, man? Everything's good, my friend. How are you, man? How's everything going with you? Doing well, man. You know, I okay. had my, my doctor's physical last week, man. Okay. And um, I got to fix some things, man. My pressure ain't right, you know. Okay. So I got to do some things to get better. Okay. I'm also fine. I got me a little hernia. I got to get fixed later on. So, okay. but, you know, all in all, man, I'm COVID free. Okay. Um, my family's COVID free, so I'm happy about that. Nice. What about nice, you, bro? Nice. Look, man, I'm just uh I'm in a really uh good mood, man. My daughter's graduating this Saturday, so I'm I'm very happy about that. And um just trying to support her in, in every single way that I can, man. So, you know, it's it's about being a uh how you say girl dad. Yeah, that's what it's about this weekend. So, you know. Uh, that 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 really translate into uh, being a broke dad. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I got two. I got two of my own, man. So I understand that girl dad thing. This weekend, man, is no such thing as saying no. It's sure no, it's no such as thing as saying no, man. And so I just yeah. uh, envision envision uh, like a really decrease in my bank account. So it's okay. There you go. You prepared for it. You had you had eighteen years to prepare for it, bro. Eighteen. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. That's what's up, man. So we got a great show coming up, man, and uh, we have a great guest that uh, we're gonna be introducing. But before we do that, mm-hmm. you must get your disclaimer in. I want to say this for the for the record: mm-hmm. I do not approve the disclaimer. My, my disclaimer. Sanction. Yes, my disclaimer. my my disclaimer. Boom, 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 boom. This is a public service announcement. All the stories and events you're about to hear are all true. true. Names, dates, places, and events will not be changed. If so happen, we drop your name in one of these stories and you're going through the blues like Bill Gates because he's coming out that he's ratchet. (laughs) And you break up with your sweetie poo, your honey bunny. Your side piece. Okay, your okay. Spouse. Okay. Your okay. partner. <laughs> we okay. are sorry, my man, but we are Beyonce sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and now, and now, G, we are totally, we are totally protected under the law, man. We have given the full disclosure. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. So it's, it's deep my pleasure and honor to introduce um. Um, tonight's guest. Um, let me start off by just uh, saying this. She's both of our sisters. She's an AKA and part of the Order of the Eastern Star. 
Uh, Ms. Tracy Fawn Ford is a New York State licensed clinical social worker. Her certifications include CAS, C-A-S-A-C-T, Certified Clinical Trauma Professional, Certified Specialist in Anger Management, Certified Compassion Fatigue Professional, Clinical Supervision and Mindfulness. She attended Adelphi University, where she received her Bachelor's in Psychology and Master's in Social Work. Tracy Yvonne is also the owner and founder of T. Ford LCSW Consulting Services, where she provides a variety of mental health and wellness services, including consultation, clinical supervision, social work, um, and test prep and training. She became certified mental health first aid instructor with the National Council on Behavioral Health in 2015. To date, Tracy Yvonne has certified close to 500 people and mental health first aid. Tracy Yvonne is the owner and content creator of the Positive Professional Brand, a wellness blog and podcast. She's also the mental health ambassador for VURBL Audio, where she will be curating mental health playlists and throughout leaders, thought leaders of their platform. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, I introduce you to our guest, Tracy Yvonne Ford. Hey, Tracy. And Welcome the to the show. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> so, Tracy, um, once again, we want to say thank you for making it to the show and coming um, aboard, you know, to hear our craziness. Um, but this is a very, very, very important topic that we yes, would like to get into, uh, which is mental health. So, uh, before we, we get you started, um, um, Jazz, you want to drop some st- statistics for us, man? You sure. got any numbers so, for us? So we, we know that this past year, this, this past pandemic year, um, we've seen a, a lot in terms of um, some of the ills in our society that have surfaced, that have gotten a lot of attention. We see in health disparities, we see in uh, food deserts, we see um, when it comes to um, um, healthcare across the board. And also this ties into our topic today. We, we, we see a rise in, in depression. We see a rise in uh, mental health illness. We see a rise in all those things that ties into mental health. So based on the Kaiser Family Foundation, they said during this pandemic that about four out of 10 adults in the US have reported symptoms of anxiety increased anxiety or depression disorder. A share has been largely consistent with one of 10 adults. So this is a large number. This represents a large number compared. Very specifically, some of the issues that are happening is difficulty with sleeping. That's up 36%. Eating eating disorders is up. Alcohol and consumption of substances is up 12% as well as other chronic illnesses related to mental health. So this is a very serious topic. And I think that in some way we all have been impacted, especially with this COVID fatigue, not being able to go out and socialize because we are social creatures. And so I I know that I have definitely probably increased my consumption of alcohol just to kind of get by sometimes through the day just to, to keep my sanity. So we wanna kind of talk about those things, but we need to start, I guess, from the beginning and kind of 
say what 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 is mental health? What does that term mean? We hear it a lot. So we can talk about that first, and then we can kind of delve into um, some specific things that may be impacting, um, uh, in particular, people of color. So what 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 is your definition, Tracy, of of mental health? Sure, great, great question. I'm glad we started off with that. And again, thank you both for having me. Because a lot of times people confuse mental health with mental illness, right? And mental health refers to our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. So you have to remember we all have mental health, right? And it really talks about how it affects how we think, feel, and act, and also impacts on how we cope, interact, and form relationships with others, as well as our daily functioning. Right, so our mental health can, um, can vary really on dependent on a number of factors and they can include the number of demands of stressors that we have. So when we're thinking about COVID-19 and then going with everything else that was going on, including watching and witnessing the murder of George Floyd, that puts a lot of stressors on us, right? Our physical health, any types of significant life events. And also remember, especially when dealing with COVID-19 and there were so many deaths. And because of the pandemic, our normal rituals of how we would bury our family members or say goodbye or have that closure was interrupted. And that in itself has a tremendous effect on your mental health when, when you're not able to have that grief or closure process. Um, other demands can be about how much we sleep that we get, our relationships with other people, right? our diet, because food does affect your mental health. It could also include environmental and societal and cultural factors, right? How much we engage in leisure activities, our hobbies, or our interests. Now, what is mental illness, right? And mental illness is, is different, right? It also can be referred to as having a mental health disorder. So what happens sometimes, especially in, in the black and brown community, there's this stigma against talking about mental health. So I first wanna ask you both a question, right? And I know we kind of like talked about that before, but when you think of ways to maintain your physical health, what are some things that doctors have said to you, suggestions for you to be physically healthy? Jazz, you go first. Physically healthy, I know that, um... So I'm 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 a, a I'm a workout junkie. So I know that we should exercise at least um, six days out of the week, and that it should be at least thirty minutes per day. Um, eating certain foods, um, 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 eating at certain times. So I, you know, I'm very, you know, I'm very astute in terms of, um, you know, following physicians' regimens in terms of um, exercise and things like that. And, and for me, um, because I, I, I have underlying conditions like hypertension, um, one of the main things my doctor talks about is making sure I'm taking my medication on a timely basis. You know, So I have to take medicine um, on a daily basis to control my blood pressures in order for me to stay healthy. Um, they also have talked to me about you know, exercise and and also taking time for myself. You know, I have sometimes I have a habit of uh, being too accessible. You know, I'm always there for everybody else. Sometimes, sometimes more so for everybody else than myself. So I've also been spoken to about that as well. You know, just you know taking a mental break for myself. So thank you. And and so the reason why I asked that is because 
when you are a mental health educator, right? You're really engaging people in conversations to normalize that it's the same way you're proactive about maintaining your physical health and having conversations about it. It's the same way you have to be proactive with maintaining your mental health, right? Because mm. it's, it's, it's the same thing. So we can easily say, well, I don't, you know, I don't need to be drinking soda or I have to make sure that I brush my teeth and floss at night so my teeth don't fall out, you know, things like that. We have to start normalizing conversations of how to protect and maintain our mental health. Right. So when you're thinking in generally the difference between poor mental health and poor mental illness is the nature and degree to which the difficulties that someone's is experiencing or having like their well-being or their function. So as you mentioned before, I am a mental health first aid trainer. And part of that training is to really talk about signs and symptoms, um, but also, again, to normalize the differences. Right. When. So when you're thinking of something that's happened in your life that's been upsetting, right, to you, and you may have a day where you're upset or, you know, a moment where you're like, you feel as though you need to disconnect. And that's when it's an example of sometimes when it could be like a decline, right, in our mental health. When you're thinking about mental illness, I always say it's when it affects your ability to live, love, and laugh. When you're starting to see differences in whatever it is you're normal, okay, when you're experiencing what your well-being, when it's socially, occupationally, or academically, right? Mental illness typically has more of a significant and detrimental impact across many areas of your life. Um, and it could be more than one, like one episode. So when you're thinking of, like for me, right? I can remember after the 2016 election, right? When, I won't mention his name, became, you know, president. Mm -hmm. But first time I sat and I said, wow, this is, this is off. I felt like I didn't want to go to work the next day. And I was mm -hmm. very upset, mm -hmm. right? And I noticed that, but I was able to go to work and kind of carry on my, you know, my normal activities. The difference, right? And at that point, that was a decline because I was upset as of many people were. When you're thinking about when it becomes to borderline where it could be turning into something else, right? Let's just say if, I couldn't leave the house. I stopped doing my normal activities of one, going to work, maybe taking care of myself, taking care of my hair, going to, you know, bathing myself, starting to withdraw from friends and family for two or more weeks. Then we're thinking of that's the difference and you may have to be able to speak to a professional, right? So we see um, so if we see someone, um, uh, if we observe someone, a family member, spouse, friend, if we start to observe and we see those changes in behavior, does it automatically uh, indicate that, that there, is a, there is a particular issue with their mental illness or, or, or with their mental health? If we start to see those signs. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about, because I have, you know, yeah. signs and signs and symptoms and what are um, protective factors and risk factors. But anytime you see a change in behavior of what someone's normal is, and a lot of times, we assume what someone's normal. Remember, we're all different. Mm -hmm. um, and once you start to see to the, the change and whatever it is, the normal it is for that person, that's when you can start to have a conversation. When you're noticing that it's having a significant impact on how they function in their daily lives, that's when you're thinking maybe they may be able to speak to a professional. Okay. Right. Part of the things when I do as um, as a mental health first aid trainer is train people to talk about how to have a conversation where you're being open where you're having empathy, so that way someone may be feel comfortable with speaking to you about what may be going on with them. 
right? Mm -hmm. To be diagnosed with mental illness, like the person has to be evaluated by a qualified professional, right? Who has expertise in mental health, such as myself. I'm a licensed clinical social worker with our designation. And that's something that we have in New York. That can also be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. A lot of medical doctors are trained in signs and symptoms. And I know in New York, they had, um, were very proactive with making sure that the doctors were also trained um, but understanding mental health first aid, you have clergies who were also trained in mental health first aid to have that conversation. Anyone at any age, right, gender, um, background, ethnicity, or culture can experience mental illness. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you will hear, right, especially when it comes to certain diagnosis that you're thinking that that doesn't happen in a black and brown community. And that leads to the stigma and barriers for treatment, which I'm gonna talk about a little bit later, but mental illness can affect anyone. So I'm when gonna, we, yes. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, I was gonna say, so do you, so when we talk about a cure for like, is there such thing as a cure for mental health? Is it, I mean, is that a, is that a, a correct way to say that? Is there a cure for it? I mean, I mean, I guess it's good mental health and it's bad mental health, right? So yeah. So, so I'm glad that's a that. very good question because it helps to re-educate, right? Remember, we all have mental health the same way we have physical health. So it's more of reframing, is there a cure for mental illness, right? Okay. And there's no cure, but there are a lot of effective treatments, right? People with mental illness can recover and live long and healthy lives. You can go to work, you can function, you can be part of organizations. And most importantly, if you are diagnosed with a mental illness, you still have to be proactive in maintaining your mental health. Mm. That's, that's important. You still have to be proactive with making sure. So aside from if you're diagnosed with a mental illness and you're working with, you know, seeing um, a psychologist or you may have to take medication, which means that you'd be working with a psychiatrist. And a lot of times I always recommend that you're also seeing a therapist as well someone like myself or someone who has um, a licensed mental health counselor, there's licensed and marriage and family therapist. But aside from that, you still have to be proactive with maintaining your mental health, which means are you getting proper sleep? Are you eating good foods? Are you making sure that you are engaged in proper positive, shall I say, positive relationships? So even if you do have a mental health diagnosis, you still have to maintain and be proactive about your mental health. Right. So there's a lot of factors that kind of contribute towards good mental health and emotional well-being. Right. Having a routine. Right. Making sure you're getting up and going to bed at at similar times. Good sleep hygiene is important. Right. Making sure a lot of times people are sometimes going to bed with either watching TV or having like their devices. I used to be a TikTok person and be on TikTok to all times of the night, being organized, making sure that you're eating or drinking good, you know, regularly water, engaging in hobbies that and interests regularly, uh, making sure that there's a balance in activities, right? Academic work, social time and rest. And I know Gary, you had said something before about taking a step back, right? Not being so overly involved. You and I belong to the same organization, right? And that can really like take a lot because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But sometimes we have to take a step back and say, you know what? I can't do or fix everything. I have to take time for myself. And there's no such thing as um, no isn't selfish, right? Self-care isn't selfish. So I wanted, um, and also having long and short-term goals with ambitions, that's also good for your emotional well-being. 
Okay, that's, that's very important. But there are some times where there's, when you're thinking of, when I do the mental health first aid trainings, um, a lot of times part of it, the main part of it's really talking to people who are not clinical professionals with understanding what are the warning signs, right? Of someone who may be experiencing thoughts of wanting to harm themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of risk factors for that. Um, there are health risk factors and it could be having a mental health condition um, such as depression or substance use disorder. Um, or you could sometimes also be in a serious physical health like chronic pain. Environmental stressors could be access, right? When you're thinking of somebody that is having thoughts of suicide, right? Environmental factors could be when they're having access to lethal means, right? Including firearms or drugs, stressful life events, and historical risk factors could be if there was a previous suicide attempt, a family history of suicide or childhood abuse and neglect, but protective factors, right? Or thinking of access to mental health care, being proactive about your mental health. Are you having connections with your family and your community? How are your problem solving and coping skills, mm. right? Cultural and religious beliefs, right? That encourage and connecting and helping people, right? To discourage like those types of behaviors and warning signs are very important. And that's something to look out when you're concerned that if a person may be suicidal, is any change in their behavior or presence of entirely new behaviors. Um, and this is a really sharp concern because if the new or the change behavior is related to a new event or a loss of a change. So in reference to talk, if the person is talking about wanting to kill themselves, feeling hopeless, having no reason to live, feel like they're being a burden, feeling trapped or unbearable pain, warning signs for behavior is right, increased use of drug or alcohol, sometimes withdrawing from activities, isolating from friends and family visiting or calling people to say goodbye. What we see now a lot in social media is sometimes people will post things on social media. And I've had that happen uh, several times where somebody will DM me or text me and say, hey, did you see such and such post? And I will look at it. And because of my training, I will reach out to the person to have a conversation to making sure that, that they're safe. Are you, um, seeing, are you seeing a difference in, in terms of... Um... Um, between men and women and how they cope and deal with um, the depression or, or um, anxiety. Is there, do you see a difference in, in, in terms of your experience with how the different uh, sexes deal with um, th these, these issues in terms of depression and anxiety and things like that? It's a very good question. And there's actually a, lo a lot of data that talks about in reference to the, it's more of the difference in stigma a man, right? It's you know, women are going to come more forward with speaking about what's going on with them, right? And there's it's this stigma that's placed on men that you have to be strong. What do you mean that you're upset? There is a high rate, you know, of men who suffer from you know depression and anxiety, but are they speaking to others about it? Are they reaching out to their doctors? Does this go against of them being a man? Does it go against their manhood? So mm -hmm. the difference is that men and there's data that says it are not coming forward with getting help because of society's right view on how men should just be able to handle things you need to be strong right how many times have you seen there's lots of memes 
right? Or you'll even see like videos of a little boy crying and they're like roughing him up. Why are you crying? Yeah, toughen up. Yeah, yeah toughen up. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you learn this. This is this is learned behavior mm-hmm. from when you're a child. And remember, experiencing emotions is normal. We all experience emotions, whether it's happy, sad, elated. When you're, it's how you're managing them and how you're expressing them, right? Mm-hmm. That's the important. So what happens is that because of society, and it could be different cultures as well. There's lots of cultures of don't go and get mental health treatment, go speak to your pastor, pray it away. And it's, and it's fine to have, of course, to have a higher power, right? And, and think of that. But that's why they also have now a lot of pastors and imams and other religions who are also being trained to have those conversations. Because remember, like God has given everybody different gifts, right? Some people have the gift to sing, some people have a gift to be a surgeon. And then you also have people who are gifts like myself to kind of help and work with other people. Mm-hmm. So that's more of, more of the differences of the comfortability of having the conversation. Um, I have, there's someone, there's a two um, black psychologists, social workers that go on YouTube and have conversations um, about mental health with black men mm. to kind of break down that stigma and to normalize that it's okay if you're not feeling and to normalize that it's okay to have a conversation with a professional if you are feeling depressed if you're having symptoms of anxiety and it doesn't take away from your manhood yeah but I, I want to say that I would I, jazz it I mean if I don't if you don't mind so what if when I hear when I just heard from you Tracy you know one of the barriers for especially for men you know, because we're taught men don't cry. You know, I've been, I've heard that a ton of time, men don't cry. And you also heard that it's a cultural thing. You know, are there any other barriers that will prevent people from seeking out mental health treatment? Like, I mean, is there anything else that we can think of? Because I have two daughters and I I don't know if you saw that on the news that that young lady from Buffalo State, they think that she may have committed suicide. And her family was like, you know, they had no signs. They had no clue that, you know, she would be willing to take her life, you know? And I, 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 that scares the hell out of me that I could see my daughter one day and she could be smiling and laughing and she could possibly be thinking about committing suicide. And I, I, w- I wanna know like, if you can give me some signs or something that you can teach me what, what to look for, you know? So one year, so other barriers are really common barriers when you're thinking of mental health. It's um, access to mental health care included limited, you know, availability and affordability of it, of mental health services, insufficient mental health care policies and lack of education about mental illness and stigma, right? And it goes back to what are the warning signs, understanding what can be the warning signs. And I always say change in behavior, right? When you're noticing change in behavior. So let's just say if I'm a very active person, right? And I'm always active on social media and you always see, but then you notice, especially like if you're in my circle, right? That I'm not on active on social media anymore. I'm not, I'm not the social butterfly anymore. You're noticing that I'm not leaving the house, that I'm not really connecting with people. That's when you're thinking about having a conversation, right? With someone, how to talk about mental health. And there are some questions that, you know, I can suggest like leading with questions like I've been worried about you, right? Can we talk about what you're experiencing? Always describing the changes, right? Sometimes we can be very hard on our family members, right? And a lot of times we are pointing out 
the negatives of the changes in their behaviors when those are kind of like big alarm warning signs, right? Because, you know, we, we're comfortable and we're speaking with people and it's like, why are you not doing your responsibilities? Or, you know, you have to do this, that, and the other, as opposed to saying, I've noticed X, Y, and Z. I just wanted to know, can we talk about it? And if mm. not, who are you comfortable with talking to, right? Another one could be, what can I do to help you to talk about these issues? With, if it's a young person, could say with your parent or someone else. Offering how you can help. You have to have empathy. Sometimes people will automatically just stop and not share with you what's going on with them because how we approach the situation, right? Having empathy. It also could be, you know, I may not be the right person to have this conversation with you, but I want to be able to support you with this and connect you to someone who could. A lot of times- How about, people, how about, but how about in, the, in the case where someone says like, um, I'm speaking to you confidentially, or they, they kind of get you in a, a kind of like a pigeonhole, like if, you know, um, I'm telling you this, but you cannot tell anyone else. How, how do you navigate your way so that you have that window to say that I never made that promise I wasn't going to tell anyone else that you was going to harm yourself? Is there a way but to also keep that, 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 um, that um, uh, trust from that person? How, how, how can you, how do you navigate that? So there's no confidentiality if someone says that they want to hurt themselves or hurt someone else. Mm. Right. So that's that 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 goes out. The confidentiality is, is that you're not telling other people that you had to support someone in that. Does that make does that, that make makes sense? sense? So, yeah, that's that's the confidentiality piece. And a lot of times we get into like, oh, my goodness, you won't believe in such and such told me this. And that's where it's confidential that you should not be talking to anybody else that you had to support somebody that was talking to you about wanting to harm themselves, wanting to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. You have to let, and I always say we statements are always good when you're in the middle of that conversation that, you know, I feel as though we need to get you some help. Mm. We need to have somebody talk to you and I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to help you walk through that process. They may be angry, but you have to stay with them. And a lot of times people feel uncomfortable, but that's part of, like I said, when I do the mental health first aid training, it's getting people comfortable with, you know, asking those direct questions. Are you having thoughts of wanting to kill yourself? Because sometimes people will make statements like, for example, is I, I just, I just want to go to sleep and not wake up. Right. You have to be able to unpack that. What exactly does that mean? And sometimes mm -hmm. people say and not really understanding that that's what they're displaying to the person. And sometimes when you're asking those follow up questions is because that's exactly what what they mean. But if someone is expressing that to you, right, you're asking, like, do you have a plan? Right. Um, and that's and that's what I do. You know, when I do the mental health first aid trainings, but you're staying with them, you're just not letting anybody else. Right. If it's a family member or friend else know that you had to support somebody with that. That is what breaking that confidentiality is. Mm, gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a great topic because first of all, um, I'm glad you defined that there's a difference between mental health and mental illness. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, again, once again, that's a, I'm, I'm being educated and I think our listeners are going to be educated as well. Cause I think we, we, we are realized to me, I, I'm going to be honest with you through this pandemic, I've been fighting a little depression. Being in this house, Absolutely. you know, 24 hours a day, most times I'm, I'm not going out. 
you know, I haven't been in my office since March 2020 because of the pandemic. I'm working from home. But just being in the house all day, every day, it wears on you. I mean, it absolutely wears on you. you know? and, I, and then I think also, G, as as men, that machismo thing that we don't we don't talk about it, man. You don't you say it. it. It's good that I that I have a friend like you and I can, you know, we talk we talk about our mental health when things yeah. happen. Yeah, we talk to each other, right. Right. So I don't but I don't know if there's other um male males that have that same bond with him with you know friendship bond Anybody, right. with someone else to to really kind of let 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 their guard down. And and yeah. I believe that one time and I always I remember the title. I don't remember the author of the book, but it was uh, "Men Crying in the Dark." I believe that was the name yeah. of the book. I think was he. A, it was a TD Jakes did it. I think I'm not sure, but I think that 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 I think that 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 is is you know that 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 that, that title is a lot. What especially what black men go through is that we we cry in the dark. We you know in 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 dealing with um, um, depression and anxiety and trauma. Exactly. Trauma. You know, exactly. And, and, that, and that leads me to this, Tracy. So I have jazz. We talk all the time. We keep each <clears> other <throat> up. But what about those people who don't have a close friend? What do we what do we want to tell them? How do we how do they seek out help? What do we tell them, Tracy? Yeah. So there's different ways where you can seek out help to get support. Right. And they actually, you know, with modern technology now, they actually have tech hotlines right, where you can speak to someone, right? So there's always 1-800-273-TALK, right? It's 1-800-273-8255. And that's a 24-hour crisis center. Um, you also have the Mental Health Association where you can text, and that is 741-741, right? Um, in New York, there's 1-800-NYC-WELL where you can able to connect to talk to people. What I have been noticing um, is people are using audio, these new audio apps to kind of connect people um, such as Clubhouse um, or Twitter spaces. And it became very popular when the pandemic started because you're able to talk with people all over the world. Mm -hmm. The problem was that, you know, of course, when you're having a conversation with someone, you hear that voice, you have that human connection. And that's kind of like what made the apps very, very, very big. Um, but a friend of mine who's a, psych who's a psychologist actually wrote an article in the GRIO about the mental health dangers. Because what was happening is that people were then using those audio platforms to share personal experiences with a room per se of audio room of strangers. Mm. And then there was no follow-up with that. Oh. So yeah, and that's and that was the dangerous part of yeah, it. So they're venting, but they're not getting any help or support. Yeah, it was trauma. Yeah, call it trauma dumping. Um, and then you also have people who are navigating or moderating these rooms who are not professionals, who sometimes mm -hmm. have their own mental health challenges, and it was traumatizing the person who was sharing. So for anyone who's listening, and if you're using those types of audio apps like Clubhouse, like Twitter Spaces or fireside chat, um, those are not the platforms that you should be using to share um, your adverse you know, childhood experiences or your personal trauma, because there's no confidentiality on that app. Right. And you need to be able to process that with, with, with someone in a more you know, professional manner with boundaries. And that's why they have those types of applications. 
just you know to kind of to help to talk so you can text somebody um you may feel comfortable with speaking to your religious leader and i know because of covid a lot of um religious you were doing stuff online and you can connect with your religious leader you can speak to your doctor you can speak to your nurse Right. A lot of medical professionals are trained to be able to have those conversations. So sometimes people don't want to speak to social workers. Right? There's sometimes a stigma against social workers because at one point they thought all we did was take people's children. And that is not the case. We're multifaceted. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you can see when you read my bio. Yeah. Um, but there are a number of people that you can, you know, that you can speak with if you're not comfortable with speaking with family or friends and to family and friends, just making sure that you're being open, having empathy, not just judging someone, right? Because remember, we all had cases where our mental health went up and all cases when our mental health went down. And always remember how you would like someone to support you when you feel as though, you know, your mental health is going in, going in a decline. So Tracy, if people want to follow you, um, they want to get in contact with you, you know, they want to seek out help from you, you know, um, what will you tell us? Um, how would they follow you? How do they how do they catch up with Tracy Ford? Okay. Um, so I if you're interested in like doing mental health first aid, if you're interested in being trained in mental health first aid or just any other trainings, you can email me at info I N F O at T Ford Consulting dot NYC. I'm also on Twitter under T Ford Consulting on Twitter and Instagram. In reference to my podcast, I have a, a podcast and a wellness blog. And if you want to follow that, that's the Positive Professional Podcast. I am on Instagram and um, IG as well under my podcast. Thank you so much, Tracy. So, Jazz, man, so uh, your closing remarks before we close out this, this great episode. Any closing um, remarks? You know, it's, it's, it's the taboo, another taboo subject especially in the, in the, the black community mm-hmm. is that we don't, we don't, um, we, we, there's, there's this thing about mental health that we just don't talk about. And, and it's so deep because, you know, as a kid, I would hear things like, you know, if you killed yourself, God will never forgive you. And I, I remember that that's the first thing that we hear. So that means that we can't be sad. We, we can't, we can't, we don't even have time to deal with depression and, and anxiety and because you know of our of the conditions of just our of, of society we don't we can't even take the time out to to vent or to even um pause and and, and take a deep breath and, and just cry man you yeah. know and because of all the stigma and what the expectations are in in this society um that we have to in quotes live up to so this is this is very important. It's important, especially because it's coming from people in the community and, and expressing to the people who listen to our podcast that you know it's okay. It's okay if you feel blue, if you feel sad, Correct. that you can reach out to someone. Like it is yeah. okay. I'm blessed to have you in my life, G, you know, and we go back and forth and we talk about. The things that impact us, and we have our we cry, we have our crying moments, man. You know, Absolutely. we have had our crying moments, but you know, no one would never know that that we had moments like that, right. you know. And so I think that I think that Tracy, everything you said was was on target, and, and we we thank you, and um, I hope that 
our listeners have gained something from this. And I hope that um, they can, they, now they do have a person, they have a person now, they have Tracy who they can reach out to. And, and she understands um, what, what is going on in the field. Absolutely, man. Uh, and uh, my final remark is, um, is gonna be, this is my little, my G segment. Sometimes you will not realize how damaged someone is until you try to love them. You know, that is, is, is serious. It could be in these relationships, man. You know, we meet people and, and in, in our organization, me and Tracy talked about this before the show, in our organization, there's a lot of mental issues in our organization. Absolutely. People have them on the, in the outside world and they bring them into the organization. And we don't know. We, we always looking at them like, what's wrong with them? But, but that's dismissive. Have, that's, yeah. dis- that's really dismissive. It is. We yeah. do it. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. We do it because you know what? Mm-hmm. Until you hear from a person like Tracy Ford to say, hey, these things are real, right? This is just the education on this is real. And this is how we need to go about it. We need to show empathy, you know, and I, that's I'm, that's my takeaway from this podcast, this show um, today. You got to have empathy, you know, and you got to have a listening. And, and that the key word I heard kept, kept saying is we are going to get through this together. Mm. We are going to seek out some help. We are going to do this together, you know, and I won't I won't forget that. And I want to say uh, once again, you know, Tracy, I appreciate you coming on the show. You know, you're my sister. I love you to death. You know, you've always been there for me, you know, um, and I appreciate you. So uh, with that being said, um, this is G and uh, I'm that jazzed. guy is, I'm jazzed this is G talking before. all that jazz and we're out. <laughs> this guy Peace. is.